Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 359. On Now You Know. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Magic Spoon brings you a high-protein treat that tastes just like the cereal you ate as a kid, but upgraded for the 21st century. So it's high-protein, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, wheat-free, and naturally flavored. We both like to eat Magic Spoon for breakfast. It's also a great snack any time of the day. Magic Spoon is also always launching exciting limited edition flavors. This month, they're introducing a couple of campfire classics, toasted marshmallow and honey graham. Magic Spoon has a great taste with more protein and less sugar. Magic Spoon cereal has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs in each serving. The adult and inner child in you will love the tasty, never boring cereal flavors. And look, they even come with word searches on the back. <laughs> like mine has a Mad Libs. Check the link below to get some Magic Spoon cereal today. You can build your very own variety box and use our code NYK for $5 off. Choose from best-selling flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, birthday cake, and so many more. Be sure to add the limited edition toasted marshmallow and honey graham to your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Click the link below and use the code NYK or go to magicspoon.com NYK to save $5 off your order today. Also, for our Canadian and British fans, Magic Spoon ships to Canada and the UK. Okay, it looks like you have two months. Go. You aren't even wearing a watch. I'm making a point. Okay, so remember what Elon said during the Q2 earnings call last week? By the way, you would remember if you watched our in-depth last Thursday. Have you considered allowing FSD transferability as a lever to allow existing customers to upgrade to a new Tesla instead of being locked into an existing car due to the price of FSD? Uh, yeah, this is a question we get asked a lot. So um, we're excited to announce that for Q3, we will be allowing transfer of FSD. This is a one-time amnesty. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be ta you need to take advantage of it in Q3, but or at least place the order in Q3 with, within reasonable delivery timeframes. So um, yeah, I, I hope this makes people happy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, Tesla owners who paid for full self-driving have until the end of this quarter, so that's September 30th, to order a new Tesla and transfer their FSD license, which currently costs $15,000. Yeah, Elon said it's a one-time thing and there isn't much time. I mean, you're kind of the ultimate case, right? You bought one of the first Teslas that offered FSD, Sparky, your 2016 Model X, and it will never be able to fully self-drive. I mean, it has Autopilot 1 hardware. Right. It doesn't have enough cameras. It doesn't have enough compute. And yet you paid extra for full self-driving, which so far you have never gotten close to in Sparky at all. I mean, to be fair, I have loved autopilot from day one. I mean, driving with you all over this country on road trips and Sparky on autopilot was mind blowing in 2016. And I'm glad I purchased full self-driving, not only for the experiences I've had so far with autopilot, but to also help Tesla move forward on their journey, right? To crack FSD. But I hear you. Many people with older Teslas may be looking to buy a new one and transfer FSD. It's just that I love my car and I don't really want to buy a new one yet. So for me... I think Elon dropped the ball. Remain in your seats, I beg you. We are not children here. I think Elon should have offered his one-time amnesty, but given Tesla owners with full self-driving more time to make the transfer. How much more time? Well, if I were VP of Special Operations at Tesla, I would have pushed for this to last until the sale of your car. So what do you mean by that? 
all right, well, he's only giving you three months or whatever. I think that you should have until you're ready to sell your car. So if I want to sell it next year, I have until next year. If I want to keep it for eight more years, I have eight more years. But I mean, in eight years, full self-driving should be a full thing. It should be worth $100,000. Right. But I paid for it and I didn't get it. So there's a few things I want to discuss here. I think this is a really important topic. A lot of people are interested in this. First of all, I'm just wondering, do you think Elon is doing this because he doesn't want to let you transfer full self-driving to a Cybertruck, right? Cybertruck probably won't come out by September 30th. So maybe he's thinking like, ha ha ha, you'll have to buy it in a Cybertruck. Then why not just say you have to upgrade to the same kind of car that you had or lesser and Cybertruck won't ever fit that category? I mean, just or just say you can't transfer it to a Cybertruck. Yeah, I don't know. But what do you guys think? Here's the second thing that's really kind of pissing me off. We finally get a look at the actual wording of the agreement, right? Mm -hmm. If you actually do this and look at this, this is not what Elon said. You have to take ownership by September 30th. But on the earnings call, he said you have a reasonable amount of time to take ownership. Well, not according to this document. If you bought the car now and it didn't arrive and you didn't take ownership by September 30th, you could not do the transfer. So, I mean, when we're talking about you have, you know, until September 30th, you have September 30th to take delivery. Right. You have to basically order the car now. And that's my next point. Uh, this is the summer, by the way, and many people are on vacation and we're not thinking about buying cars. And then all of a sudden we have to go buy a car. Mm. And here's another thing. We weren't really informed properly as customers. Most customers who go to Walmart don't listen to the Walmart Q2 earnings call to find out what's going to be on sale next week, right? We should have heard about this in an email, but I just checked my email this morning. There's still nothing from Tesla about this. So if you didn't hear about this from the earnings call or YouTubers like us, you still don't know about this. Well, and here's the other thing, right? Why did you buy full self-driving? Why did I buy full self-driving? To game the system. Right. Well, I mean, why did he say a one-time amnesty. Yeah, I did not like that at all. Amnesty Look, means that I have done a crime right. and you are like giving me amnesty for the crime. Not really forgiveness. It's right. not even forgiveness. It's just we're going to give you amnesty for your crime. Of what? Buying full self-driving early when you wanted me to? And I know that you wanted me to because you gave it to me on sale? Yeah, I... Look, I mean, Elon, people who bought full self-driving early are your biggest fans, the right. biggest believers in you. We are not the ones who did something wrong. We didn't try and game the system. Talking about us this way, treating us this way makes us feel like we did something wrong, which we didn't. Oh, oh, oh. And by and by the way, and by the way, why why would we have bought full self-driving so early? Was it because Elon kept saying, hey, full self-driving, it'll be out next year. Full self-driving, it'll be out next year. And were were we any of the people who were like, it didn't come out this year, Elon, it's not fair. I am so upset. That wasn't me. No. Nope. I'm sure that there were lots of people who were like that, but fairly so. Yeah. I, I think you're going to also have a lot of doubly upset people when you are going to have to walk this back at some point. Right? I mean, there's going to be some lawsuits or something because mm -hmm. you can't just do this. People who bought a product that doesn't exist yet are gonna get more and more upset as it doesn't exist. When you're gonna to have to offer another amnesty to customers, let's say in a year, all the people who rushed out to transfer it to a new car are gonna be upset. So you're just making people doubly upset. I think that Elon needs someone on the team to go, Elon, you may feel this way, but this isn't the way you should treat our customers. And you even said it on the earnings call, Elon, it doesn't even matter. You're gonna make so much money at Tesla from full self-driving that the few of us early owners who bought it and don't have it yet and don't have to pay the full upgrade price, it's not gonna really matter to your bottom line. We are actually your best salespeople. Well, Having us show off our FSD to people in cars and on YouTube videos is gonna sell you more 
more FSD than if you make us angry and we don't. I mean, look at how many YouTubers stop being Tesla YouTubers because of the Tesla referral program or Tesla service, which pissed off a lot of people. Right. And I think that there's a very good example to be learned from uh, video games. Okay. There's this thing called early access for video games. And what that is, is you pay a low price for a game well before it comes out and you get in early access to the game. It's not a fully complete game. There's lots of bugs and they don't have all the features yet. And so you pay like, for example, I paid, I think, $18 for Kerbal Space Program way back in like 2012 or okay. 2013. And you couldn't do a lot of the things that you can do in the full game. But did the developer turn back around and go like, wait a minute. Hang on, you didn't pay the whole price for that. No, they didn't do that. And also, when I bought a new computer to better run my game on it, were they like, wait a minute, you can't download a new version of the game? They didn't do that. Right. Right. We're, we're used to software licenses, right? Why, it's software. Right. This doesn't cost Tesla anything, really. Good really. I could buy the car without full self-driving. They're still going to put the same cameras and computer in it, so it doesn't cost them really anything and all they're doing is upsetting customers right now yeah elon i really think you should reconsider i don't think that you're fully thinking about what it feels like to be a customer who can't afford another fifteen thousand dollars or something they already paid for that doesn't work to put into a new car and also by the way when zach and i bought full self-driving tesla needed every cent yeah zach bought it in 2016 i bought it in 2018 and i'm not alone we are not alone many customers who bought full self-driving bought it way back then was it less money yes but also we were promised that it was going to come out soon it didn't work for a lot longer um and also tesla really needed that money now yeah. some of it was kept in escrow which is good maybe they're gonna have to give us some of that money back because it still doesn't f***ing work but i want tesla to have that money i want to have full self-driving but it's just kind of bullshit that it doesn't work on a car that I bought four years ago when it was promised to come out the next year. Yeah, so comment down below what you think. Um, I really think that Elon should reconsider. But hey, regardless, I'm Team Elon, okay? Well, Bob, good thing we got back from our fishing trip in time this week for Who's Adding Next This Week? Yes, indeedy, Bob, because it looks like a major Japanese automaker will adopt the North American charging standard that Tesla invented. Shikashita, ne, Bob? Starting in 2024, Nissan will make a Nax charging adapter available for Nissan Aria models that have CCS. Nice, Bob! And in 2025, Nissan will begin offering EVs in the U.S. and Canadian markets with a Nax port. Now, what about Nissan's Japanese, European, and other markets, Bob? There are are superchargers throughout the world or doesn't nissan know that does it really matter bob let's get real here and take a look at the stats good idea bob nissan sold only 2860 aria evs in the u.s in q1 of this year and even less in q2 bob only 2325 ouch bob someone get nissan a band-aid and you might want to close your eyes for this one bob because nissan's worldwide sales of the aria are even more disappointing wow only 4,531 in Europe, Bob. Canada is a bit of a bright spot with 1,500 sold, eh, Bob? But only 1,000 sold at home in Japan. Sumimasen, Bob. Well, Bob, it looks like the list of big auto that is bowed to Mr. Elon Musk's son keeps increasing. You're right, Bob. Ford, GM, Rivian, Volvo, Polestar, Mercedes-Benz, and now Nissan. Who will it be next week, Bob, when we play Who's Adding Next This Week?
So another big piece of news that we learned from the Tesla Q2 earnings call last week, Tesla is in talks with a major OEM to license full self-driving. Kind of a big deal. This is a big deal, just like Nax is a big deal. Yeah, this is one of those things that we've been talking about for a while that doesn't seem real until another company actually signs on to use it. We've been talking about how valuable the supercharger network is for years. And other than you watching, most people didn't listen. But as soon as Ford and GM and now Mercedes, Volvo, Rivian and Nissan actually sign up to use it too, well, now it begins to seem real. This isn't real. And mark my words, as soon as we get a name, whether it's Ford or GM or Hyundai, and they sign up to license full self-driving, investors, the market, the media will start to shift. God, okay, it's happening. I get it. I mean, full self-driving just doesn't seem like it's ever going to be a thing, right? I mean, cars that can drive themselves, that's crazy. That's far off in the future. You're crazy. But hang on. If there's an actual major OEM in talks with Tesla now working on a deal to license this technology, well, then that means that they must see the value in it. And ipso facto, the major automaker must believe this is real. Am I a real boy? So what company do you think it'll be? I mean, my guess is that it's Hyundai. Why? I just feel like they don't really have any full self-driving workings uh, that are going well. I mean, neither does Ford with Argo and Blue Cruise and neither does GM with Cruise. But I just feel like maybe Ford and GM have more of this pushback against going to Tesla, whereas it seems like Hyundai could be more open to it. But I don't know. Who do you think it could be? I'm going to guess Volkswagen. Hmm. I, I don't know why. I mean, it just seems like they've had such trouble with software that maybe mm. somebody smart at the company is going to go, hey, <laughs> since we can't develop software ourselves, let's go to Mobileye let's... and then drop them and go to Tesla, <laughs> which um, like someone else did. Yes, it's a it's a winning strategy. <laughs> but I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us know down below. Who do you think this major OEM is? So let's hop into the Wayback Machine, Jesse, for a minute and set the dial to early 2021. Looks like 2021, all right. Uh, oh yeah, I'm remembering now. This is early 2021 and Tesla just invested $1.5 billion into Bitcoin. And look, they're accepting Bitcoin as payment for vehicles. But wait, people are pushing back. Bitcoin uses a lot of energy. Seems like Elon didn't think about that. So now it's a few days later and Tesla is no longer accepting Bitcoin. Quick, back in the time machine, let's go forward to Q2 2022. Yeah, it looks like 2022, all right. Okay, so it's now Q2 of 2022, and Bitcoin is heading down. Look at that. But luckily, Tesla said that they sold roughly 75% of their stake in Bitcoin before the big downturn, and so they added $936 million to their balance sheet. Back in the time machine, set the dial to present. Okay, well, it looks like the present, all right. So Lil Moon Lambo tweeted, breaking, Tesla has added Bitcoin back into their code for payments on their website. Okay, all this time travel has left my head spinning. So first question is, did Tesla lose money on its Bitcoin purchase? Most people estimate that Tesla actually made a bit of profit on their $1.5 billion Bitcoin purchase because they bought low and sold before the big downturn in 2022. They sold like 75%. And my second question is, has Bitcoin gotten any cleaner. Well, some recent articles have argued that because the electricity grid keeps getting more sustainable, so does Bitcoin. I'm not sure if this is enough of a reason to satisfy Elon, but my guess is that this has more to do with, well, you know what? I'll conjecture about that on PBS this week.
Okay. You can support us for as little as a buck a month on Patreon, and your support goes a long way to help us bring you independent news every week. Yeah, so head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. We have our Patreon bonus stories there, and that's where we're going to talk about it. Okay. Oh, no. There's a Tesla recall. Better sell all my Tesla stock. That's right. There's no way Tesla can recover from this recall. It's going to bring down the company. And this recall can't be solved with an over-the-air software update, so Tesla is doomed. Oh, okay. Well, hold on to your hats, everyone. Let's take a deep breath here. Yeah, let's cover the facts, not the headlines. Tesla is recalling 16,000. That's not a big number. 2021 through 2023 Model S and X vehicles to fix a seatbelt issue. It's a simple fix. A pretensioner in the front row seats may not have been connected properly when a previous repair was done. This will require customers to get physical service. We're not sure yet if Tesla's mobile service will also be used to perform the repair. But, but there's, there's another, another recall as well. Yes. 1,300, again, very small number, of 2023 Model S, X, and Ys are being recalled to change the pitch angle of the forward-facing cameras. Again, this is a teensy, insignificant number of Tesla vehicles. It is not a big deal. And I'd like to point out that we've had three recall letters for our Rivian and two for our Ford F-150 Lightning since we got those vehicles. It's kind of par for the course. And all five of those recalls involved us having to bring our trucks into Rivian and Ford to get them fixed. And you don't hear the media crying wolf about that. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Is it because there were less trucks involved in the recall? No, it's because somebody doesn't pay for advertising yet. So Tesla Europe tweeted out Model Y was Europe's best selling vehicle of any kind in the entire first half of the year. Thanks to all of our owners. You rock. And Elon responded, luck. And it wasn't luck, Elon, <laughs> and you know it. It's because everyone at Tesla worked hard and smart to create the best cars in the world. And it's because we have awesome Tesla owners out there as well. And again, this is why you should support them and let them transfer FSD reasonably. So we were joking around a couple weeks ago when we reported on Tesla launching in Malaysia. <laughs> like, I don't know where it is on a map. That's Cambodia and Vietnam. Again, the area highlighted in red is Malaysia. 33 million people live here. Well, Tesla Asia tweeted, Malaysia. Meet Model Y. Tesla opened the Malaysia Configurator, and Tesla held a launch event that looks like it was really popular. Yeah, this was held in the capital of Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, at Pavilion Kuala Lumpur. And if you live in Malaysia and you'd like to take a test drive, the Model Y will be available at this pop-up location for test drives through October 31st. So it looks like they don't have any like physical stores yet, but this is a pop-up. The Model Y rear-wheel drive starts at 199,000 RM, which is approximately $43,800. Now, if you live in Malaysia, I'd love to know your thoughts on Tesla's arrival in Malaysia. Uh, that's Christmas Island. Look, it even says it on there. Come on. Yeah, sorry. I thought it was funny when Tesla showed the range in WLTP on the website. <laughs> well, they don't have the US EPA in Malaysia, so they have to go with... A crappy, inaccurate standard. Oh, and I do have one more interesting fact to mention about Malaysia. Did you know that Starlink was just granted a license to operate in Malaysia? Coincidence? Mm. Um, this will help bring internet to parts of Malaysia which struggle to have internet connections because like 3% of their school kids can't really get it easily. And a lot of that has to do with being a multi-island nation. It's, right. it's kind of hard to you know wire internet. You can obviously wire internet under the ocean. It's just expensive. Yeah. So on the Cybertruck Owners Club, which sponsors this show, by the way, I spotted this. What is it? I can't see anything. It's the Cybertruck. Where? Right there under the sign. Like in the distance? No, in the middle of the photo. Where? 
This is the this is the new darker wrap, which looks really cool. People have been commenting about the panel thickness of the stainless steel panels. So many people seem to think that the panels are thinner than the original prototype panels. And so the Cybertruck looks flimsier and that these wraps are designed to hide that. What? Yeah. Well, when you wait years to come out with the truck, people have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so, I mean, just because there was talk in the beginning of the stainless steel panels making up an exoskeleton. And now, of course, we know that the Cybertruck will have pretty a pretty standard frame design. It doesn't mean that the stainless steel panels are any less thick or flimsy. Right. And I mean, just wait till we get ours and we're going to shoot it with a gun and we'll yeah. see how flimsy it is. Yeah. And then you're either going to see, you know, a Cybertruck with bullet holes in the door or you're or, or dents or, or nothing. <laughs> you know, I don't think it'll I don't think it'll scratch it. Yeah. Let's find out. During the Q2 earnings call last week, we got some pretty exciting news about what was to come in terms of Cybertruck. Drew Baglino, Tesla's senior vice president of powertrain and energy engineering, said here in Texas, we're preparing to launch our Cybertruck cell, which has a 10 percent higher energy density than current production. That was accomplished through process and mechanical design optimization. Whoa. So there's a 4680 cell with a 10% higher energy density? I mean, how is that possible? Well, it's 10% more energy density compared to other 4680s. So my guess would be more nickel. Okay. And so that would mean a more expensive cell? Possibly. At this point, there's a lot we just don't know. And would the new cell make it into a Tesla Model Y and giving it a 10% range boost? Like, will we get a 336-mile Model 3? I don't think so. Uh, it probably doesn't need it, but let us know down below if you think so. And Tesla also claimed during the earnings call, as far as we know, Cybertruck will be the first sub-19-foot truck that has both four doors and a six-plus-foot bed. How is that possible? Well... If you think of a normal pickup truck, it's got that big compartment in the front where you put the engine and it goes vroom, vroom and makes manly noises. Well, now they don't have that. And so they've pushed the passenger compartment forward, having a stubbier nose, and you leave more room in the back for the bed. We have a Ford F-150 Lightning that has a big front end, but no big vroom, vroom engine in the front. So why is there just air in the front? Well, they had to keep the look because otherwise people might be confused. <laughs> they might go, wait a minute. My truck not powerful <laughs> enough. It doesn't have the power in the front. Um, even though, of course, there's just a big empty space, which, of course, you can fill with stuff. It's, true. it's, a, it's a great front. Put an engine in it's there. It's a great front. Yeah, you could fit a whole <laughs> engine in there if you really wanted to. Um and I'm sure it's great for safety and stuff like that. But it does mean that the truck is absolutely <laughs> massive. I can't park that thing. I know. I, 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 I feel bad for all the times that I made fun of big pickup trucks that couldn't park because holy crap. I'm like, I'm like, am I? Where are the lines? I am on every single line. How is that possible? <laughs> yeah. And thank you to the Cybertruck Owners Club. There's where you're going to find all the cool news on Cybertruck. That's where we get most of our news on it. They have that 3D configurator and they also have that crowdsource reservation tracker. So you can find out your place in line and then you can just feel sad for the rest of the day because you're like, I'm not going to get it for like two years. Except we're going to get it. Soon. Yes. Mm. So over on our Now Let's Review channel, we just released a video on portable bike pumps. Yeah, we put three portable bike pumps head to head to show you which ones work best for you. And all three work on different technologies, right? Yeah, that's right. One is kind of the traditional hand pump, which uses human power. Uh, the other one uses a CO2 cartridge. And the third one uses a lithium ion battery. And all three of them are nice and small and easy to carry with you on a bike trip. Exactly. We want to help you get the most out of your e-bike experience. So go check out our review and see which bike pump works best for you. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe, like, and let us know what you'd like us to review. Tesla just keeps expanding and expanding their universe. In this amazing and expanding universe.
So this time we're talking about Giga Berlin. Uh, Tesla is currently approved to produce 500,000 cars per year. But Tesla wants more. 10 million. 10 million. Okay, so hang on. The new permit application that Tesla just filed with the local German government to expand Giga Berlin is for 1 million vehicles per year. For now. Yes, the new expansion would happen in three stages and includes a water recycling plant, a new logistics area, more battery storage. Um, and down here at the bottom, you can see it says solar roof. Well, it says there's abbreviations, but it's basically a solar roof and then solar roof charging, which I think means EV chargers powered by solar panels. Uh, the first of the three stages would be operational in the first half of next year, 2024. And the expansion would allow Tesla to make 100 gigawatt hours per year of battery production. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Rivian just made some changes on their website to the configurator page. Customers can now order an R1T with Rivian's new Enduro motors, which is now being made in-house. Also available is the new dual motor and the performance dual motor version. Now, this was a good move. The quad motor, which we have, is great. It's super powerful and quick, zero to 60 in three seconds, but entirely unnecessary for most people who will likely not be adventuring that hard in this truck. Yeah, getting the price under the $80,000 federal tax credit limit was super important because that makes it eligible for another $37.50 off. And of course, less motors means it can be cheaper. So the starting price of the R1T dual motor is now $73,000 and the R1S, the SUV version with the standard or smallest battery pack starts at 70. 8,000. That's $8,000 cheaper than the quad motor prices. But wait a minute, you said getting below the $80,000 cutoff will save customers $3,750? I thought it was a $7,500 tax credit. Well, remember how complicated the rules are? Where are the battery mineral source from? Where are the packs made, etc.? It appears that Rivian's only eligible for half the credit at the moment. So maybe this will change down the road. If you don't care about the tax credit, though, and you want the performance version, you can add 130 more horsepower and cut the 0 60 time from 4.5 to 3.5 seconds for an additional $5,000. Oh, cool. So you could still get the R1T dual motor performance for under 80,000. No, no, no. Sorry. You can't add performance without upgrading to the bigger battery pack. So the base price for the dual motor performance is $84,000. We'll put the links down below to the R1T and R1S configurator so you can play around and get all the pricing that you want if you're interested. So I want to thank our buddy Fred for pointing us to this story idea. Tanker trucks. They're so ubiquitous that I think if I asked you how many you saw today, you'd say, um, I don't know. I mean, they're huge and they're loud and they're smelly, but it's not your fault. They're like stop signs or billboards. They're just so many oil and gas tanker trucks driving around all the time that we just don't pay any attention to them. But maybe we should. So on Practical Engineering's latest video, Brady showed what happened to cause the collapse of the I-95 highway in Philadelphia on June 14th. Remember that? So what did happen? It's just because bridges fall down sometimes, right? Well, a tanker truck carrying petroleum products caught fire underneath it. According to the Bureau of Transportation Statistics, 3.9 trillion gallons of oil and gas were moved around the U.S. in 2020. Of this, 1.2 trillion gallons, or 30%, were moved by tanker trucks. So I did a lot of research to find the number of oil and gas tanker trucks in the U.S., and I couldn't find an accurate one. But between my research and some back-of-the-napkin math, I came up with approximately 575,000 oil and gas tanker trucks on the roads in the U.S. And that's just in the U.S.? Correct. Okay, so why are we talking about this? I mean, what the heck does this have to do with EVs and Tesla? The show is called Tesla Time News, Zach and Jesse, not Tanker Truck News. Well, I'll tell you. 
Every time we get one more of these off the roads and replace it with one of these, we actually reduce the number of these on the roads. Now, I'm not saying it's a one-to-one -one ratio, but, well, let's do some math. So one of these, a nice car, uses approximately 542 gallons of gas every year. And just a reminder, one of these uses um, it, zero gallons of gas every year. So if 575,000 trucks carry 1.2 trillion gallons of petroleum around the U.S. every year, or about 2 million gallons each, then for each 3,690 cars that we switch from ICE to EV, we get one of these off our roads in the U.S., and I'm assuming the math holds roughly true around the world as well, no matter what country we're talking about. So now you may be like 3,690 EVs. That's a lot just to get rid of one tanker truck. And that is a lot of EVs needed, but not really. You see, we're past the EV early adoption stage. We're into the exciting part of the S-curve. 810,000 EVs were sold in the U.S. just last year, and that number is growing exponentially. So take 810,000 and divide it by 3,690. And that means that last year we took 220 of these tanker trucks off U.S. roads. Now, again, you might be saying, who cares? That's just a few less gas tanker trucks off the road. Well, all it takes is one tanker truck to cause major damage. A 2018 study called A Systematic Review of Oil Tanker Truck Disasters found that between 1997 and 2017, there were over 220 oil tanker truck explosions, resulting in over 2,900 people killed and over 3,000 additional people hospitalized. That's just oil tankers. But if you're like, well, who cares? They don't happen near me. Well, think again. They happen everywhere. According to the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, which I didn't know existed, tanker truck accidents account for between 5% and 10% of the truck-involved accidents on U.S. roads every year that result in deaths, injuries, or property damage. In 2017, the most recent year that we have statistics for, for some reason, uh, there was 9,610 tanker accidents on American roads. 372 of those were fatal and 3,505 involved injuries. That's just in one year, and that's just in the United States. There is no estimated cost yet for how much it'll cost to repair the I-95 bridge that collapsed in Philadelphia. But we can talk averages. It typically costs around $500 million to repair a major highway bridge collapse, especially when it has to be completed quickly. But the repair isn't the only cost. A typical major highway bridge carries tens of thousands of commuters every day. What is the cost to the commuters in increased traffic when a major bridge on a major artery goes out for weeks or months? What is the cost to the city? To the state? Emergency calls take longer, deliveries take longer, and cost more. But I guess my point is this. Because it's so hard to estimate the damage of even one tanker truck incident like this one, we tend to just ignore it. Oh, well, that happened. We don't go, wait, what? We have whole federal departments that we spend billions of dollars on to protect us from terrorists. But tanker trucks are taking out our nation's bridges all over the place. Hang on, hang on. You can't just take one, you know, bridge collapse. I know that it was major, but you can't just you can't just extrapolate that into like it's a big problem. OK, yeah, well, then check this out. January 5th, 2002, a gasoline tanker overturned and started a fire under the bridge on the I-20, I-59, I-65 interchange in Birmingham, Alabama. January 16, 2006, a gasoline tanker crashed under the bridge at the Brooklyn-Queens Expressway in New York. 
April 29, 2007, a gasoline tanker crashed under the bridge at the I-8880 interchange in Oakland, California. July 15, 2009, a gasoline tanker truck struck an overpass on the I-75 bridge near Hazel Park, Michigan. December 14, 2011, a gasoline tanker caught fire under the bridge at Freeway 80 under Paramount Boulevard in Montebello, California. October 29, 2012, a tanker overturned and caught fire on the bridge at Pont Mathilde, Rouen, France. The fuel spill reached some trucks parked under the bridge that also caught on fire. May 9, 2013, a diesel tanker crashed at the interchange of I-85 and Route 23 in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. August 16, 2013, a tractor trailer traveling on the outbound lower level of the bridge caught fire on the Ed Koch Queensboro Bridge in New York. August 15, 2014, a gasoline tanker ran into the pier of the overpass and exploded at the I-65 at Paytonsville Road in Franklin, Tennessee. July 1, 2015, an ethanol tanker fire caught fire under the bridge at the I-270, I-70 ramp in Ohio. Look, I'll stop at 10 because I value your time, but hopefully that gives you a taste for the damage that these tanker trucks are causing. Notice, I didn't even mention CO2. I didn't even mention air pollution. I'm just talking about death and destruction. And this is where your actions have consequences. When you choose to drive an electric vehicle, you stop supporting the fossil fuel industry, which has to move all of this gas and oil around the planet. And when you move trillions of gallons of dangerous, toxic, flammable stuff, you have to move it, store it, refine it, pipe it, truck it, ship it, train it, pump it, which inevitably leaks, catches on fire, explodes, crashes, burns, kills, and injures people, pollutes, and causes wars. So yes, Driving an EV saves you money. And yes, you pollute way less. But driving an EV does so much more by causing so much less pain and destruction to our planet and us little humans who live on it. Get mad at us if you want to. But when you drive one of these, you're not responsible for this. When you drive one of these, you kind of are. Hey, and if you want to share this clip with your friends, but you don't want to share the whole entire episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel. There we chop into little bite-sized clips where you can share them. Also, head on over to Twitter or X where we also put a lot of our clips. All right, it's time for Into the Future. Sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. I absolutely love my Henson Shaving razor. You will too. You can get 100 free blades when you use our code Now You Know at checkout. Just leave it in the cart. So according to Off Highway Research, which I didn't know there was. Uh, there are currently about 180,000 mini excavators in the U.S., and that number is growing fast. By some estimates, it'll hit 220,000 by 2025. Yeah, mini excavators are awesome for so many jobs. Because they're small, they're easier to transport to job sites. They can fit into tight spaces on residential properties. They're pretty indispensable for many construction and landscaping jobs where bigger machines just can't fit. But... They are loud and smelly and require a lot of maintenance. Not to mention that keeping them topped off with diesel fuel is... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Expensive and requires, well, lots of cans of diesel. Enter Kamatsu's new mini three-ton excavator. Kamatsu is the world's second largest construction equipment manufacturer after Caterpillar. So let's get into the stats. All right. The PC33E6. Wait, hold up. Really? The PC33E6. That's the model name, not the electric shovel. How about the electric excavator? Uh, no, they're calling it the PC33E6. It's built on a 115 volt architecture with a 35 kilowatt hour battery pack and 17.4 kilowatt motor. It can charge from 20 to 100% in 90 minutes using 400 volt charging, which by the way, I'm not 
so sure where you get 400 volts on a normal job site, but maybe, I mean, this is designed for Europe, so maybe on commercial job sites, that's easy. Uh, this electric model does have more power than its diesel counterpart, by the way. According to Komatsu, it has 40% more overside lift capacity than the PC... 30 MR5. Oh, the MR5, right. The PC30 MR5. Yeah, that thing's a piece of sh. Uh, Volvo and JCB already make electric mini excavators. Hopefully, we'll be seeing contractors start to use these on job sites and see them actually saving money there. And lungs. And eardrums. So, if you're on a job site and you start using an electric mini excavator, please send us some videos and, and photos. All right, it's time for going green. So by now, we've all heard the U.S. government's plans to transition to EVs, right? In December of 2021, President Biden issued an executive order to replace the entire U.S. federal fleet with U.S.-made EVs. The order calls for all light-duty vehicle purchases, and that means sedans, smaller SUVs, and small pickup trucks, to be zero-emission vehicles by the end of 2027. And by 2035, all new vehicle purchases will need to be ZEVs or zero emission EVs. There are currently 380,000 vehicles in U.S. fleets. So how's the government doing so far with this plan? Well, in 2021, the U.S. government replaced or bought around 45,000 vehicles. Wow. And how many of them were electric? Only 260. Only 260 out of 45,000 vehicles were electric? Well, to be fair, in fiscal year 2021, there was no electric pickup truck, and many of the government agencies say they're looking for larger cars, SUVs, and trucks. Um, so, for instance, last year, the Department of Transportation wanted to order 430 EVs, but they said they had to scale back due to order cancellations from manufacturers. But as of this March, uh, 26 out of 30 U.S. federal agencies have had their plans approved to purchase new vehicles, so we now know what's coming. Okay, so what's coming up? Looks like the U.S. government agencies are planning to buy 9,500 EVs this fiscal year. Okay, but you said that there's roughly 380,000 vehicles in the fleet. So that would only be 2.5% of the vehicles? That's a good point. Uh, in the U.S., there were roughly 170,000 EVs sold in Q2 of this year, which would be about 7.2% of the U.S. auto market. That's up from 5.7% a year ago. Now, what about the post office? Weren't they supposed to buy electric vehicles? Yes, they finally announced plans to buy 100% electric vehicles starting in 2026 after getting a ton of backlash from the public and Congress over the lack of progress. So Postmaster General Louis DeJoy's new plan at the USPS is that 75% of new vehicle purchases will be electric over the next several years leading up to 2026. The USPS says they expect to buy at least 66,000 EVs from defense contractor Oshkosh, who's never made an EV before, by the way, as they begin to transition over their fleet of over 220,000 vehicles. And to jumpstart this, they say they're going to purchase 21,000 commercial off-the-shelf EVs to get the transition going. They said in February that the first of those contracts, 9,250 EVs, will go to Ford. And big surprise there. And I think the thing is, there just hasn't been a whole lot of choice. And they said they had to buy a U.S.-made. And I mean, there's just practically no U.S.-made right. EV company. You have to buy a Ford. Because it's the right. only I mean, company look, that there's makes Ford and there's, there's GM. Uh, right. I think that's it. Right. There, right? There's no other company that makes U.S. No, made because, electric vehicles. No, I don't think so. I don't think that there's, there's like an a Italian single... company, though. It's a Tesla, uh, but they don't you know, they're not American. Right. Of course. They right. make them in China. I yeah. Heard. They don't even make them. They, I, I, I mean, and also Oshkosh, SUVs. I mean, where are you going to find an SUV? A good one oh made in America. Where are you going to find that? The Oshkosh thing just makes me so furious. They're oh, like, I know. Like, aha, like, this isn't corruption. We just thought we'd give it to a defense contractor. Why is DeJoy still the postmaster general? Do, hey, listen, if we get invaded by the Russians, you're going to want these mail trucks to be made by a defense contractor. 
that they have the little missiles pop out. They've never made an EV before. <laughs> Again, though, even if we take the climate and air pollution out of the equation, even if we just look at dollars and cents, according to the global consulting firm ICF, they report here that electrifying the entire U.S. fleet would save $6 billion over 15 years. See, while the purchase price may be a bit higher, the maintenance and the fuel will be way cheaper. And I mean, look how long you've seen these on the roads. Do you know how much they're spending on maintenance to keep those things running? I do, in fact. I did a little research. The USPS Postal Fleet traveled 1.28 billion miles last year, and the USPS spent 1.47 billion in maintenance and fuel costs. That means that the USPS is spending $1.15 per mile on fuel and maintenance. Holy crap. The average American drives about 14,000 miles in a year. So you tell me, did you spend $16,100 on fuel and maintenance for your car last year? If so, it may be time for a better car. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. So let's just do the math here. I, I mean, a Model 3 that drives 14,000 miles will use about 3,500 kilowatt hours of electricity. In our super expensive state of Massachusetts at 24 cents per kilowatt hour, that would be a staggering $840, which is... Uh, not even it's orders of magnitude less. And I had virtually no maintenance last year other than changing my winter tires to summer, uh, changing the windshield wipers. And after four years, my 12 volt battery died. I mean, here's the thing. One of these vehicles cost them probably half a Model Y. They could have just gone out and bought Model Ys and they would have saved themselves money for years to but, come. But who would have paid Oshkosh? A, a exactly. bazinga amount of money. Exactly. This is corruption at its worst. <laughs> you can argue to me that maybe it's stupidity at its worst, but I don't think so. I think it's corruption. Let me know down below uh, what you yeah. think. All right, it's time for sunspots. So if the U.S. is going to transition our grids to 100% sustainable renewable energy, then offshore wind is going to need to play a big role. And that's why this is big news. The U.S. Department of the Interior just announced that they are starting the leasing auctions for two giant parcels of water. So 102,000 acres offshore of Lake Charles, Louisiana, and another 200,000 acres off the coast of Galveston, Texas. It's weird that it's the Department of the Interior, and yet it's on the exterior. It's still the, the interior. <laughs> That's still ours. We own that water. So those yellow areas there, what you're talking about, mm -hmm. well, what are the blue lines? Oh, those are shipping lanes. That's what they claim took a year from when President Biden announced this last July. They had to make sure that the wind farms wouldn't interfere with the shipping lanes. That takes a year. Yes, for the government for to take. The, All right, everyone, let's have a committee. Hang on, we Which have... color should the lines be? Light blue? Okay. Pink? Okay. We, let's we have, have a subcommittee <laughs> break down and figure out that. Um, we'll meet back in a month. There's 12 lines here, so obviously <laughs> that's just going to take us a whole year. Okay, so how much energy are we talking about? So these two areas will generate 3.7 gigawatts and power almost 1.3 million homes. Wow. Now, the U.S.'s current goal is to deploy 30 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030 and achieve net zero electricity in the U.S. by 2035. Now, to put this in perspective, though, I think this is important. The U.S. consumed 4.2 terawatt hours of electricity last year in 2022. That's 4.2 trillion kilowatt hours. The average U.S. household used 10,632 kilowatt hours in 2022. Residential used about 39% of the U.S. grid. Okay, so do you see what the problem is here? While 30 gigawatts sounds good, we're throwing around numbers here that are just too big for most people to comprehend. So I propose that for just a minute here, to help us wrap our heads around these ginormous numbers, that we reduce them into smaller numbers. So the amount of energy that the U.S. used last year in our electrical grid was 4.2 trillion kilowatt hours, but that's just too big for my brain. If we use 
4,243 billion kilowatt hours instead, then we can focus on the number 4,243. I can wrap my head around 4,243 of something, right? Like 4,243 people, that's a medium-sized concert hall. Okay, so how does this fit back in with offshore wind? Okay, well, the U.S. goal is to have, what, 30 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030, right? Mm, yeah. But we need 4,243. Okay, I see. So that's saying that, like, we sold 30 tickets to this concert, um, but there's still 4,213 seats left. Right. We need to invite more people. Or in other words, we need to build more offshore wind. We have these two tiny areas, one off the Atlantic coast of New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New Jersey, and one in the Gulf of Mexico. But the U.S. has over 90,000 miles of coastline. And I get it. We're counting Alaska and we're counting some of the Great Lakes. But even if you just give me a tenth of that, give me 9,000 miles, 9,000 miles, you can build a lot. So we have room for a lot more offshore wind. And I think the problem is we hear our politicians talk about goals of 30 gigawatts and we go, great, but it's not a lot. I'm not saying offshore wind has to solve all of our energy needs, but we certainly need more than 30 gigawatts of it. Heck, the country of Denmark, which only has a population of 6 million, already has 7 gigawatts installed. That's 10% of Denmark's total electricity generation already. And the UK has 12.7 gigawatts of offshore wind already installed. That's about 13% of their total electricity generation we only are talking about 0.7% if we build this 30 gigawatts. So you're saying that these tiny little countries are already beating us? Yeah, and that's where you come in. Tell your politicians, your representatives, that you want more offshore wind. You want energy independence. You want freedom from the tyranny of money-hungry countries and corporations that want to suck your wallets dry. If you want free, clean energy, and you don't want a couple island nations with monarchs to beat us at building towers with steel. Because we're Americans, and there's nothing stopping us from installing way more. And yes, Denmark has a queen. And England is a king. We hate kings. We're America. Hey, and if you'd like to put solar on your house and you don't have to ask a king permission, call up our friends at Energy Pal. They'll give you all the information. They'll help you with the rebates and all that stuff. Let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you and they don't charge you for their service. Yeah, no kings required. No. Kings. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape with good audio and no music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Who do we got this week? Thomas sent us this story about his solar system in South Tyrol, Italy. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Thomas reporting in from South Tyrol, beautiful South Tyrol here in Northern Italy. And I'm here to show you my solar plant. As I started to grow interest into EVs, I could not find the right one. So I started to, to install solar panels on my roof. Started with this 7.2 kilowatt peak unit. But as you can see, it's not the best angulation because they are facing slightly north. So this was back in 2019 and then I solved my winter problem with the solar pad. Look at this balcony. Two rows. The whole house balcony in solar panels. And now, then, in 21, I also solved the EV problem. Look what is charging up here. It's our 21-year Volkswagen VW ID3. Small, compact car, but it gets the job done for us. 
charging on the Tesla charger. We modify it with a Pi so we can charge our own current from the roof and from the balcony. Thank you. Now you know. A little windy up there on the roof. Yeah, we should have put in a wind turbine. <laughs> Some onshore wind. Look at his view. I know. That's wow. beautiful. That is gorgeous. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. Support us for as little as a buck a month. It makes a really big difference to the show. And you get all of our bonus stories every single week for a buck a month. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for our Patreon poll. What did we ask people? Do you think that Elon's latest announcement that Tesla owners with full self-driving can make a one-time transfer to a new Tesla within Q3 will make everyone happy? No! <laughs> Let's see what people said. They said no! <laughs> they agreed. One <laughs> percent um, said, I think this will make most people happy. And I think that's exactly true. <laughs> There you go, Elon. We have data to back yeah. up our anger. Yeah. Um, also, count the um, no, and count the, hey, it's better than nothing, and we get the majority. So, All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week, or should I say X's of the week. What? Yeah, Twitter's no longer called Twitter. It's called X. He renamed it. So what are tweets called? X's. That's what Elon says. Okay. Dr. Nodal says Musk focused on useful AI per watt. What does this matter so much for Tesla and you? Elon responded. He said Tesla has been focused on this for many years, given the extreme energy constraints of an electric car versus data center. Elon said there is trash and there is utter garbage and there is BI, which is business insider. <laughs> Billboard Chris says when I'm having street conversations, I very often hear from young men about Andrew Tate. And Elon said Elon said he should have his day in court. But the allegations in some things he has admitted saying are troubling. Daniel says Canada officially launched website application for the H-1B visa holders in the United States to migrate north, taking away thousands of high skilled immigrants from the U.S. economy. Elon said smart move by Canada. This little tweet about how you can easily understand Celsius and gout says or just simply stop using Fahrenheit. And Elon said, can I interest you in a little Kelvin? Here's a picture of Elon's kids many years ago wearing their jujitsu geese. <laughs> Those were spacesuits because <laughs> it looks like there's a rocket behind them. UK Prime Minister said 10 years ago, the law changed in England and Wales, extending marriage to same-sex couples. Elon says, bravo, love is love. Dima says, don't kill what you hate, save what you love. And that's a quote from Elon. And Elon said, yes. Oh, look at him taking a little walk with little X. I thought, actually, I thought that was a quote from Star Wars. Like the most recent one, the one that everyone hated. Oh, I don't know. He, <laughs> you know, everything's attributed to somebody. <laughs> Ian says, what is going on? IQ scores in the U.S. have fallen for the first time in decades, study suggests. Elon said, I have also heard this anecdotally from many professors and recruiters. Very concerning. Elon says, Starlink for sale in Kenya. Note, buying a Starlink with global roaming allows you to travel almost anywhere. Starlink is now also available in the Philippines. Elizabeth Warren says, since Elon Musk took over Twitter, I'm concerned Tesla's board has failed to manage conflicts of interest from his role as CEO of Tesla and Twitter. Tesla's board has a legal obligation to serve its shareholders. I'm urging the SEC to investigate. Elon said, not you again. Can we please be friends? Please, please. Warren Redlick said, odd that she saw no problem with such conflicts with SpaceX, Boring Company, and Neuralink. It's only when Elon fights for free speech that she sees a problem. Elon said, exactly. And then Billy said, plot twist, Twitter to subpoena Senator Elizabeth Warren over communications with U.S. agencies. Elon said, fight fire with fire. But I thought you said, don't kill what you hate, <laughs> say what you love. Penny2x says, I hate the term followers. Can we come up with something better? Reader? And then they put out a... Paul, and he was like, okay, keep it followers. 
Declaration of Memes says, make Orwell fiction again. And Elon, 100%. Daniel said, dozens of people told me on Twitter that no H-1B visa holders in the U.S. would ever want to move to Canada. We are the best, right? Guess what? It already reached the 10,000 cap in 48 hours. You don't understand the U.S. legal immigration system. The economy is great, but the law is insane. So much that people are willing to leave our loss, their gain. I expect Canada will open more spots. Elon said, wow. PETA said, did you know you can keep mosquitoes away without hurting them? Ian said, did you know that you should absolutely kill every mosquito and eradicate the entire species because it offers nothing of value to anyone or anything? Elon said, mosquitoes almost killed me with malaria, so in polite of them. Right, I mean, you know, if the mosquitoes are just like, I'm just a mosquito, <laughs> I don't kill people, then then I think I wouldn't have a problem. But mosquitoes have killed more people than like war, so I don't, I don't know, PETA. Elon tweeted this uh, meme from George Orwell, boy, did I call it or what? <laughs> Orwell was next level based. Fegan says, oh my God, what the f***? <laughs> Fight prep. AOC says, LOL, I have never experienced more harassment on this platform than I do now. People now pay to give their harassment more visibility. The de-verification of journalists, civic organizations, and figures has made it impossible to follow conversations. I wish it could be usable again. Elon says, methinks somebody doth protest too much. Goth says, it gets easier when you realize that Tesla is just scraping reality. Elon said, um, yeah, it was us. Tesla sued by reality for stealing its data. Owen Sparks says the 25 guns are rumored to be an elite group of Tesla engineers that report directly to Elon. They're brought in to solve the most challenging problems, especially when time is of utmost importance. Basically, they are the Delta Force of engineers. I would love to hear more about what they do. Elon said they were instrumental in the success of Giga Berlin. I'd love to see like a documentary. 25 guns this September. Elon retweeted Starlink's post that nearly 300 cruise ships are now set to use Starlink to keep their passengers and crews connected. Elon says, I can fart hard enough to inflate a car tire. Greg says, I'm going to tell my kids this was the richest person in the world. Great party trick. Tell says, let's make the future futuristic is stuck in my head. Not sure where I saw it, but it's perfect. Elon says, my son Saxon says that. Elon tweeted this out. Found this old photo where I'm trying to get my body weight under 225 pounds. Shibatoshi says, the average person farts 17 times a day. How do you measure up? <laughs> Eva McMillan says, would you be ready to take a bullet for your child? Elon said, yes. Me too. Thank you. Michael Schellenberger says in 2020, the FBI repeatedly warned Twitter and Facebook of a forthcoming Russian disinformation operation about Hunter Biden. When the New York Post published emails from his laptop, Twitter and Facebook censored the content. Now an FBI official admits FBI knew the laptop was real. Massive. Elon said, wow. So if you just say, well, the Russians are saying it, so don't tell anybody about this. Chief Nerd says Debbie Wasserman Schultz has just passed a motion forward to censor Robert F. Kennedy from further testimony. This is wild. Mining metals can be recycled and reused indefinitely is not the same as mining coal to burn it only once. Elon said exactly. Elon retweeted the SpaceX post where Starship Super Heavy Booster 9 transported to the orbital launch pad at Starbase for testing ahead of flight. Ooh. Yeah, look at that. And I mean, if that's not a wallpaper for your computer, I don't know what is. That's some real sci-fi looking. That's a, re that's a real picture, it, by the way. I know. And this is the next Starship prototype. Elon said, I'd like to join the fetch party so I can be far... Fetched. Holmar's catalog says we're f***ed. Jim Cramer just said Tesla and Netflix are two of the greatest investments of all time. And I got nothing, heard nothing at all last night that makes me feel differently about them. Uh-oh. Because, you know, the Cramer cars. Shibatoshi Nakamoto, every time I see an article mentioned this, it amuses me. Why do they bother trying, though? And basically, this is Twitter responded to the request for comment by sending a poop emoji as its standard practice. And Elon said, we're changing the auto reply from poop to a we will get back to you soon infinite loop or maybe a check with us again tomorrow loop. Dirty Tesla said 11.4.6 doesn't have the new release notes. And then he went on to say it's going to employees. Hopefully this one makes it to the rest of us. And Elon says reduces unnecessary slowdowns. 
Doge Designer said this sponsored ad just got community noted. What other platform would fact check a paid ad? Twitter continues to put the user experience on priority. Yeah, that's not what the game looks like when you download it. Elon said all content on the platform is subject to community notes, even if we lose even more advertising money as a result. Gail said Twitter as a publishing platform amazes me. Imagine publishing an entire book on Twitter. Elon says you'll be able to publish content of all types on this platform, including an encyclopedia or a several hour long video if you want. Not Jerome Powell said, so Mark Zuckerberg lost $10 billion on the metaverse and no one's saying anything? Elon says, how ridiculous must Facebook and Instagram be that you can torch $10 billion on nonsense and still get away with it? Does anyone actually even need to work there? Ed Cranstonstein says, breaking Mark Zuckerberg was just promoted to compete at Blue Belt for the Gorilla Jiu-Jitsu team. Seems like he's really taking this Elon fight seriously. Elon said, so funny having different colored belts. Elon said the scariest answer to the Fermi paradox is that there are no aliens at all, that we are the only tiny candle of consciousness in an abyss of darkness. Well, I hope that's not the answer. Holmar's catalog says AGI will save us from idiocracy, but we will become idiots living in utopia in the process. Elon said seems to be headed that way. Timing seems like AGI is much greater than idiocracy. If so, getting rid of us would probably look like pretty logical to the AGI. Elon says not to a maximally curious AI, for we are far more interesting than all the rocks on the planet. Elon said, so much of future software development is data curation. Keep mm. thinking about that one. Chris tweeted out this funny uh, cartoon and Elon said, it's going to be AIs emailing each other for infinity. Elon said, we will look back upon combustion engine cars with the same quaint disregard that we currently possess regarding steam engines. And Doge designer said, Meta's Twitter killer app loses 70% of its daily active users. Meanwhile, the CEO, <laughs> Elon said, I worked out three times. <laughs> Anna says, do people unironically want an AI girlfriend? Elon said, some people do. It will be so good. Waxing Arcane says, apparently you can just get up and get good at what you were bad at. Elon said, there are limits, but yes. Daniela says, Elon Musk starts his day with a splash of color and a cup of ambition. Elon says, I wouldn't wear pink if you put a gun to my head. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I have to return the pink jacket I got him? I <laughs> Elon says, and soon we shall bid adieu to the Twitter brand and gradually all the birds. If a good enough X logo is posted tonight, we'll make it go live worldwide tomorrow to embody the imperfections in all of us that makes us unique. Holmar's catalog says, damn, so they're really getting rid of the Twitter branding and logo. Elon said they're going to tear it off the Twitter building with a blowtorch. Sorry it took so long. Elon said we should stop making our appliances so smart. Dojo is arguably the biggest computer architecture overhaul since Cray. Doesn't mean it succeeds, but it doesn't lack for boldness. Musk Philosophy had a quote here from Elon. Some people use meditation or yoga to calm their mind at the end of the day, but video games on hardcore mode works best for me. Elon said, always has. Wolf says, what would be the name for a tweet once Twitter changes its name to X? Elon said, an X. And will users now be called Xers? Elon says, we will have no name. And here's the new Musconomy. Going with minimalist art deco on the upper right, probably changes later, certainly will be refined. So wait, he's got space X and X. X. And the Model X. He likes Model X. X. Oh, he has a child named X. He has a child named X. And he has, and he has a couple X's. Um, our headquarters tonight. And curiosity is all you need. And then Elon responded, curiosity is creative attention. Creative attention. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, it's time for Community Meal Time. Community Meal Time. And remember, share your stories, your photos, your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We have the best community in the world. What do we got this week? Morgan sent us this Model 3 streetcar from Burnaby, British Columbia. Wow, that 
looks like it should be in a movie. Dale found this Pepsi Tesla semi-truck in Jackson, California. Mario spotted this camouflaged Mercedes G electric in Graz, Austria. Igor saw these Chevy Silverado EVs being transported on the I-75 in Florida. Ooh. Mike came across this new six-stall Rivian Adventure Charger Network in Charlotte, North Carolina. Six stalls. Wow. Good job, Rivian. Wow, the good bare for minimum. You. <laughs> you did it. How many of them work? Paul sent us this teal Model X he spotted in Renton, Washington State. Dell spotted this Fisker Ocean parked outside of Killer Shrimp in Marina Del Rey, California. It exists. Oh, the Fisker Ocean. There's a real one in the world. Look at that. <laughs> wow. Wow, you did it. Nice job, Fisker. Good job, Ma Magna. You mean Magna? Sorry. Uh, yeah. That's true. John found this Rivian R1S towing a camper in Cookville, Tennessee. Horatio spotted this new Ford EV. What? That's <laughs> what? Stop it. Take that off. And Chris sent us this picture of a Tesla Model S service vehicle from Santa Monica, California. Nice. All right, it's time for EV tips of the week. We got two this week. Uh, first, James sent us this tip for minimizing your travel time on road trips in a Tesla. So while navigating on a road trip, you can minimize travel time by watching the estimated arrival state of charge, he said. We target 10% charge at the next supercharger. Your comfort level may vary. If your in-car estimate is higher than 10%, drive faster at your own risk. If lower, slow down. This has worked great for us. So this is a really good point, James. And one that took me a while to get when I started driving an EV. If you get to a fast charger with a fuller battery, you will actually charge at a slower rate. Hard to wrap your head around this one at first, I know. So James is right. Get to the supercharger with, let's say, 10% and you'll charge faster and get out of that supercharger sooner than if you pulled in with a 30% state of charge per mile charge. Right. And it's complicated, but like you'd think it would take, you know, a little bit longer, but it doesn't. So James is going faster, which uses more energy, but saves time to get to the supercharger with a 10% state of charge and charges up at a faster rate. And when you're charging at the supercharger, you can leave to go to the next one sooner. Right. Because um, it'll tell you what your estimated state of charge is. I think when you first buy an electric car, you think you always charge to 100%, like, right. but you don't have to do that. Yeah, you can charge to like... 50 or 40 percent. Whatever the computer tells you. If you're going to the next supercharger. Um, yeah, keeping that state of charge as low as possible while you're driving on a long road trip will save you time. And I think most people don't know, Tesla will just tell you what to do. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to take out your calculator. Um, and then there's a bonus tip here from Howard. Howard just noticed this offer from Sam's Club and the financial company Synchrony. Uh, this credit card offer gives you 5% rewards for EV charging. Now, we're not sponsored by them or anything, but we'll put a link below so you can check that out if you're interested. You see those discounts all the time for credit cards um, that give you like money back for buying gas. It's really nice to finally get discounts for buying electrons. Hmm. So remember, send in your EV tips to us so that we can share them with everybody. It's time for Supercharger Reviews. All right, what's up, Zach and Jesse? Pop here, still on my cross-country trip from California to Florida. We are now at the Baton Rouge supercharger it's a six stall supercharger rated for 150 kilowatts we were doing about that when we first started charging we're doing about 94 kilowatts now it's got a lot of stuff here but the charging stations seem to be stuffed in the back out of sight uh, so you do have to walk quite a ways to get to whatever you need either a restroom or food but it, it appears to be all here it does have a pool install if you're towing which i love because we are towing this iron horse trailer and I love that we could just pull in and not have to unhook for a change. So that is fantastic. There is only six stalls though, and I would assume that Baton Rouge is a fairly big city with higher demand. So I would wanna see more stalls here for that. So for both Teslas that are and aren't towing, I would rate this a seven out of 10. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Scott. 
at the Tesla version 3 supercharger installation in Mountain Brook, Alabama. There are eight version 3 superchargers. I notice there is lighting for your nighttime supercharging. And they're in the parking lot of a Greenwise Market. That's open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. Now you know. Hey Zach and Jesse, this is the supercharger found in Fig Tree near Wollongong. It is a six stall with 250 kilowatt charging. Something that's probably worth a mention is that the chargers are actually labeled 1A to C and 2A to C. That means that um, there's one power supply uh, for bay one and one power supply for bay two. So if you're sitting charging away in bay one and uh, two other Teslas arrive, that means that they'll actually cut your charging speed down to a third of what it was, leaving the odd scenario of actually being pleased to see people having ice the spaces. You'd be guaranteed that your charging speed is going to be nice and high. <laughs> so anyway, um, in this uh, supercharging station that's tucked away in the corner of this car park, um, there is a, a fantastic uh, plaza, the Fig Tree Grove shopping center and that actually has as you can see a number of different uh, amenities ways of spending your time you can do a, a weekly shop here uh, or you can just get some food coffee uh, get your nails done have a massage plenty of stuff to keep you busy there's even a Macca's or McDonald's which is about five minutes walk from uh, the charging station so you can walk off point through the Big Mac uh, before you arrive at the restaurant in terms of um, rating out of 10 uh, for this charging station, I would probably give it about a 7 out of 10. There are a lot of amenities, but the outlook from the chargers isn't the nicest. As you can see here, there's um, a couple of shopping trolleys there, uh, ready to be deployed at a moment's notice from the car demon. So, uh, otherwise, um, this is the, the new supercharger in Fig Tree, so now you know. Hey Zach and Jaxie, it's Tim. I'm here in Evanston, Illinois, first suburb north of Chicago, right near the lake at the uh, 12 position, 250 kilowatt Tesla charging station. It's on the second floor of a public garage. It does cost a dollar for the first hour that you're here. Um, it's a great position. It's right in the heart of downtown Evanston and it has, uh, it's connected directly to a Hilton um, Garden Inn. There's a Chili's across the street and within two blocks, there's most anything you can think of. Um, I definitely think this is a great position, easy to get to. I've seldom seen it full. Uh, as I say, 12 positions here and only one other car. Um, I would give it an easy nine, probably a 10. That's so now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. We have a map on our website where you can view all of the Supercharger Reviews and upload your own. All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world? We got a lot. We got the six stall in Ulsan at Moda Outlet in South Korea. We got the three stall in Jiajing, China. We have number 64 in Hong Kong. It's the six stall in Hong Kong. We got the eight stall in Dubai at Wafi City. Number 18 in the UAE in uh, Mastar in city center UAE. We got the eight stall in Eliat at the Ice Mall in Israel. Number 18 in Israel is the 8th stall at Modin Azraeli, Israel. Number 144 in South Korea is the 8th stall in Yongin, South Korea. The 8th stall in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Number 26 in Minnesota, the 8th stall in Blaine, Minnesota. The 8th stall in Yuyang in China. 
the six stall in Chengdu, China, the three stall in Zhoshan, China, the three stall in Zhoshan, China at the Daxin Metropolis in Shanzhou, China. Number 371 in California is the 12 stall at Pasadena at Shoppers Lane, California. Number 81 in Taiwan is the four stall in Taitung, Taiwan. Number 33 in Nevada is the eight stall at McDermott. Number 1765 in China is the three stall in Taizhou. Number 153 in France is the eight stall at Boulogne-Semur, France. Number 59 in North Carolina is the 12 stall in Salisbury, North Carolina. Number 33 in Ohio is the 16 stall in Columbus at East Campus View Boulevard, Ohio. Number 139 in Florida is the 16 stall in Naples. Number 52 in Illinois is the 12 stall in Normal at West Rab Road, Illinois. And close to Rivian, I know, huh? right? And number 14 in New Mexico, number 1871 in the U.S., and number 5334 in the world is the 15 stall in Milan, New Mexico. Woo! We made it to the end of the Superchargers, new Superchargers in the world. It's always so exciting. I think it's been kind of the most important thing that Tesla's been doing. And one Maybe of it. One of, one of the one many. One of the many. But I mean, I think that without this, without this map of all these dots, we wouldn't have a, a, an electric car revolution right now. Well, and over on Disruptive Investing this week, we're going to be talking about another thing which is hugely important to Tesla. So I hope you go check that out there as well. Don't forget, we have these other channels, right? We have the Clips channel where we chop things up. We've got Disruptive Investing um, and we've got our Knowledge Review channel so that you can find out what kind of cool new e-mobility devices there are. You can also listen to this show and and many others as a podcast. Right. So if you want to not see our faces, you can... uh, Or if you can't, I I mean, while you're driving. That's a good point. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. Now Now you know. know.